Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, spectacular people, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 cues. I am your host, Batman. <laughs> yeah, I can't keep this up. I am your host, Sam Hurley, and I am joined this week by... One of my usual co-hosts, the amazing ginger princess that is Stacey Hurley. How are you, Stacey? I'm great, thanks, Sam. I'm super excited to be here. You say that every time. It's because it's true. It's almost like I lock you in a cage and then every <laughs> week you get let out and that's how I you are so excited to be here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and look, as you guys can see by the name of the podcast, we are doing The Dark Knight. And if I'm going to do The Dark Knight, I've got to get in, well, one of Batman's biggest fans and one of his friends, basically. I've got to get into it. <laughs> Comrades, uh, argumentable buddy, I don't know what you guys could call yourselves, but uh, we got in the wonderful people that are the IMDb journey. Dan, first of all, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm doing fantastic, as usual. Uh, I'm even better when I come on the show and spat out 20 questions. It's Especially for a movie like this, I'm, I'm super pumped for this one. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, we, we had you on the Casino Royale one. We had you fly solo, but uh, you are joined by Dean. Dean, how are you? I have never been better. Watching The Dark Knight, talking about The Dark Knight, just doesn't get better. Oh, that's good. So Dan was awesome last time, and let's hope that the apple has not fallen far from the tree with you, Dean. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as I said, The Dark Knight. Well, what we'll do on this podcast is, first of all, we'll hit you guys with a plot of the movie Dark Knight. So what's the plot of the movie The Dark Knight, Stacey? Okay, the follow-up to Batman Begins. This movie reunites writer, producer, and director Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale, who reprises the role of Batman and Bruce Wayne in his continuing war on crime. With the help of Lieutenant James Gordon and District Attorney Harvey Dent, Batman sets out to destroy organised crime in Gotham for good. The triumvirate proves to be effective, but soon the three find themselves prey to a rising criminal mastermind known as the Joker, who thrusts Gotham into anarchy and forces Batman closer to the crossing the fine line between hero and vigilante. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's familiar with this film. I don't even know why. <laughs> No idea why the hell we're doing this. You guys all know, stars Christian Bale, Heath Leacher is the Joker, Aaron Eckhart, Michael Caine, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gary Oldman, Morgan Freeman, oh, a whole host of other people, Killian Murphy, but we're not talking about him at the moment, are we, Stacey? No. <laughs> a whole bunch of other people. And now looking at the scores for this, IMDb have this rated as 9 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes has this at 94%. Metacritic, screw you, Metacritic. God, I hate you. You guys have got it at 84%, but... I'm going to start with Stacey, actually, before we get into the ultra fan. Stacey, <laughs> how much would you score this as a score out of 10,000 burnt coins? I am giving this 9,611 burnt coins. Get out. What? <laughs> Not high enough. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> That's a really high score from me, but I couldn't go any higher because I don't know why, but maybe we'll get into it in my compliment sandwich. Didn't you give the room 10,000, though? <laughs> Oh, so we're going to start comparing scores now? No, no, no. I no, can no, pull no, out no, some no, of no, yours, Sam. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Similar to those photos I have on your phone. Please do not ever show that to anyone. Uh, <laughs> if it's you, Dan. What about you, mate? How much would you score this as a score out of 10,000 burnt coins? I'm giving this one 9,992. Ooh. So close. So close. Like I said on the Casino Royale, I've only got one film that's a flat 10,000, but this is very high up there. Good man, good man. And Dean, where are the drugs going? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to score this 9,940. Shit. Wait, so I score this higher than you? You scored this higher than me? What are you doing, Hendo? (laughs) 
I thought you were going to be a ten thousand, mate. I was convinced. No, 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 no. It's not quite uh not quite ten thousand for me. There's a little couple of minor things we can get into with this one. Ooh, intriguing. Well, I'm I'm going to score at nine thousand nine hundred ninety-eight. For me, it's very close to a perfect <laughs> score. It's just, oh, I absolutely love this film. And for being such a massive Marvel fanboy, as everybody seems to know, it takes me a lot to go over to the dark side of the comic book industry and give this such a high score. But oh, I love it. It's perfect. But we'll talk about that a little bit more in our questions. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we normally do is review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it, of which we apply 10, then do three personal. But no, not this time, because we've got these two wonderful fellas on the podcast with us. We are going to do eight questions that can be applied to any film. Then we're going to ask three personal questions each. The one we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film. Now, I sort of put out the disclaimer because everyone was probably going to say the same thing. Heath Ledger's performance is off the table. So we'll just take that as a given. But anyway, Stacey, what's one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good about this film? My first good thing is just halfway through watching, re-watching this movie, actually, I just had to say, whoa, the quality of the production lighting audio the story the cast just everything about this movie was just bloody amazing and i I just actually it was really interesting i was just had to comment on that as we were watching it it's like this is love this good compliment everything and everything (laughs) amazing i'm very curious what the the second good thing will be (laughs) now that we've taken care of everything (laughs) just a generic apply all yeah (laughs) No, well, I. how often do we say this about a movie? Leave an answer for us, man. No, no, no. So, <laughs> so my bad thing is Batman's voice. Wait me nine, Batman. Yeah. What are you talking about, Stacey? <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I totally get it. He's He's got to be mysterious and he's got to disguise his voice so people don't know it's Bruce Wayne. But I, I found it distracting. It took me out of the movie sometimes. I was like... This is just so put on, you know. Uh, Somebody anyway. get this guy a lozenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but doesn't his voice need to be intimidating? You, you can't come in going, oh, I'm Batman. Yeah. He's not George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> Never leave the cave without it. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, it was it was just minor. It was, I don't hate it. I, I get it. But I was just clutching at straws, really. And my final good thing is that the characters in the movie are so well developed that you have genuine empathy for for them when they're in trouble, you know, like Commissioner Gordon's family and and Rachel and and the other ones, you genuinely care about what happens to these people. And and that doesn't always happen. It wasn't like Batman Begins where you saw a young Joffrey and you're like, oh, no, screw that kid, he can die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was that the movie's fault? (laughs) No. (laughs) So that's, that's mine. All right, over to you boys. Okay, my first good thing about this film is Hans Zimmer's score. I mean, this... This is one of the most iconic scores that I, that I can remember. Like I, you can hear it in your head. Like, it's it's fantastic, and I, you don't even. I don't even need to watch the movie to listen to this score. I'll go and listen to this on YouTube just by by itself. I'll go, I'll go for a run listening to this score, and it's just so intense and powerful, and love it to death. Good stuff. Yeah. The the bad for this film, and like Stacey, I am clutching at straws here. The dickhead character of Reese. Someone should have killed that fucking idiot, I'm telling you. (laughs) He does nothing good in this film. Get rid of that guy. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally agree. And my last good about this film is that amazing action scene halfway through the film where the Joker is trying to take down the armoured car with Dent inside. That whole practical action scene, pretty much done in silence as well. There's no score behind it at that point. It's... It's intense. It's amazing. Again, I could just watch that scene singular beside the film and just 
Oh, gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Fantastic scene. <laughs> awesome, awesome. What about you, Dean? Well, for me, I would say the good would be the cinematography. And Christopher Nolan used uh, one of only four IMAX cameras in this film and often the aspect ratio does cut in and out between the two and I think when you can really tell obviously when the IMAX stuff is being used it really does floor me there's so many shots even like shots of Batman just on top of towers staring over Hong Kong for example it's just gorgeous I absolutely love it yeah the bad for me I actually think the third act gets a little slow for me when they're going through the you know being constructed building he's got the sonar crap going he's getting attacked by dogs. Like, dogs, really? Is that what's going to take down Batman? <laughs> Don't you remember at the start? I got a bit upset. <laughs> he gets the new suit. Is this is this going to be susceptible to dogs? It's, the only, it's his only weakness with this suit. It's dogs. Yeah. That man has no weakness. Blasphemy. <laughs> and my last good thing was the very first scene that was actually shot between Heath Ledger and Christian Bale in the uh, interrogation room. So that scene, I think it's perfectly written, perfectly acted. And when you realise or when you hear that Heath Ledger actually told Christian Bale to really hit him, it just it just elevates that scene for me even more. So yeah. Can't argue with that. No, you can't. You guys have pretty much touched on a lot of the things that I was sort of going to go for. I, I like that it's a superhero film in which a guy dresses up as a bat and they still make it quite grounded and believable. So you're not, it's not like the previous Batman films. And obviously Batman begins sort of started this trend and this one sort of like took it that much further as you actually believe that this guy could be a vigilante running around the town dressed as a bat and fighting off these people. I find the way it grounded superheroism quite good, but that then led me on to my bad thing, which is we're accepting that it's a grounded superhero and it's realistic and all that sort of stuff, but then there's just too many little bits that are real suspension of disbelief. And one of those for me was the fact that Gordon dies but then he dresses up as a police officer and then he relieves a police officer of his job of driving a van and then... You know, like there's just too much. Too many uh, plot conveniences. Yeah, just real. That's exactly it. Like just too many little plot conveniences, which made for an awesome like action set piece, obviously. But it was just too much. Sort of like, nah, I'm not really with you there. And. The final good thing, oh, rewatchability. I don't know how many times I've seen this film. I, it, I'd hate to know almost. It's, but at the same time, every time I've watched it, it's been highly enjoyable. Even though you know what's going to happen, you, there's still a level of engagement there that you still want to see it through. And you still almost think maybe this is the time Harvey Dent won't go crazy. Or maybe this is the time <laughs> he'll actually just kill the Joker. Or maybe this is the time they'll blow up the other boat. And you're like, you know, you know, that's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> you know, Christopher Nolan hasn't gone out and directed another film and swapped it in for this one, but you st- <laughs> you're still just watching it. Like, oh, this is so engaging. So yeah, what? that was me. And that moves us over to question number two, which is a Patreon question that comes courtesy of our, one of our favorite Australians in the world, certainly more than these two after our recent guesting episode on the pod V pod, uh, Mr. Phil Joensen. Oh, bitter much. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is bitter as the beer I'm drinking. What would Phil like to know, Stacey? He would like to know what item from this film would you want? or definitely not want to be? I wouldn't want to be that piece of cloth that's covering Dent's face in the hospital because uh, that's just gross. (laughs) (laughs) That is just gross. (laughs) Oh, so true, so true. What do you got, Dean? Well, I wouldn't want to be the pool cue. So here I am, minding my own business, enjoying hitting some balls around, when out of nowhere I get snapped in two and presumably shoved inside some gangbanger. (laughs) No thanks. Dan was telling me you love being shoved inside gangbangers. <laughs> <laughs> Only him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, my gangbanger days are over. <laughs> Similar to you, man. I had the same idea. You know, I've been purposely designed to be pushed to paper and shaded in with my lead filling. You know, that's my job. I'm a pencil. My my job isn't to go inside of some dude's eyeball socket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going with the Joker's greasy hair. That green, <laughs> disgusting grease ball. God knows when that was washed last. That's just disgusting. I've never heard a single woman say that she wouldn't want to be on Heath Ledger in his prime. Yeah, but not with that greasy green hair. When do you reckon the last time the Joker took a shower in the film? Like, he's not reapplying that makeup every single day in this movie. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. And that moves over to question number three. What is it, Dan? Question number three is, what deep philosophical debate arose in you during this film? We always love giving guests this question so we can hear them try and fall over the words, but well done, you did it. Congratulations. My English is my strong point. (laughs) Anyway, what you got, Dean? Well, for me, I was a little taken aback at one point in this film. So you got Alfred. He's been left on this boat with all these Russian (laughs) ballet dancers, and he seems really unhappy to spend the day rubbing lotion all over them. And I just, it got me thinking, like, at what point in my life am I going to hit that stage when, you know what, ladies, I can't be bothered right now. <laughs> All right, I just want another nap. Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> You're already halfway there. You just love a nap. <laughs> Did we miss a scene where Alfred got, like, sort of came out of the closet or something? Like, Yeah, that's, that might be the reason. Like, no, nah, no thanks, ladies. Yeah. That's why it's so nice to Batman. <laughs> Okay, so my deep philosophical debate is at one point the Joker busts into the penthouse where, you know, they're all Bruce Wayne and all his, like, sort of mates are all having a party, all getting on the piss and all that sort of stuff. Famously, Alfred actually had a line in that scene where he comes flying out of the elevator, but it was his first time he'd seen Heath Ledger in the Joker costume and was so taken aback that he didn't say anything. Quite a little good snippet to watch when you watch the film. How just completely flummoxed Michael Caine is by this appearance of this man coming out of an elevator. But anyway, they, you know, they get into a fight and then... Bloody Joker throws um, Rachel out of the window and Batman goes flying after her. My deep philosophical debate is what the hell happened in that penthouse after Batman and Rachel left the room? Because he left Joker in there with his henchmen and a whole bunch of old dudes. Like, did Batman go back up to his penthouse to find 50 old dude corpses? What happened? <laughs> I want to know. Maybe, yeah. maybe, I'm sure he just left nicely. Like Maybe the Joker had a couple of pigs in blanket and he's on his way. Like, thank yeah. you for your hospitality. I don't know. Good day. Yeah, don't want to say my welcome. You guys have been great. See you later. Yeah, the Joker doesn't seem like he's got time to wait killing just miscellaneous side characters. You're talking about the Joker here. (laughs) You must have missed the deleted scene where Batman goes up and there's a rave going. He's got the the strobe lights going. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have to pay my respects to Heath Ledger here, and this is the perfect time to do it. And my question is no doubt his performance was phenomenal. My question is, did he go out as a hero or a villain? Oh, you mean in real life, right? Yeah, in real life. He is a hero hero. for playing a villain in his final role. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) He died a hero while playing a villain. That's amazing. Yeah, so he did both at at one time. Take that, Dent. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) My philosophical debate was pretty much one of the big themes of this film, which is should we allow this one man to basically act above the law in order to defeat the people who themselves act above the law, but in a negative way? Like, where's the line do we draw? Is Like, why do we give him so much power when he's essentially doing what they're doing, just 
I guess, in a more positive way. Exactly. And it's funny because like how I mentioned at one point, Gordon pretends to be dead and then drives that van. Like that's vigilantism as well. And Dent lies and sees the Batman. Like these, Batman is turning all these other guys into vigilantes too. It's, it's a real good yeah, point. He's a, he's a menace to society and he needs to be stopped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we, we need our army of Batman. <laughs> and that moves us over to question number four. Hit us with it, Dean. To which character would have an awesome social media presence and on what platform? And this question comes courtesy of our most recent Patreon, Dave Baker, who He's got his own Patreon himself where he posts a whole bunch of content. You can check it out at forward slash your favorite. It'll be down in the show notes. My answer is how fucking bizarre, yet like a car wreck, you can't look away, would the Joker's Instagram be? <laughs> it would be. I mean, I, I'd be, that'd be the only one I'd be subscribed to just so it's just in my feed constantly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you just, you just want to know, but at the same time, you don't, but you do. Yeah, yeah that. Okay, I'm going with Harvey Dent. I think, you know, he's a legendary district attorney. Everyone seems to love him. I think that he would be quite prevalent on Twitter. That's where all the political peeps like to have their say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he'd be like Trump or one of those other ones. Yeah, he'd give Trump a run for his money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you've got to have like 12 hours of the day is the good side and 12 hours is all the negative stuff he spouts out. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Now, for me, I went with someone who is has, some, has a lot of good skills and needs to show them off. And what better place to show them off is on YouTube. So I would definitely subscribe to Alfred's YouTube channel. <laughs> you know, making you know breakfast tips, you know, how to be a good driver, how to hide your master's secret identity. I mean, that channel would just blow up. It'd be awesome. How to sew up bullet holes and how to... You know. yeah. <laughs> oh, very good. I went with uh, one of your favourite characters, Hendo. I've got uh, Coleman Reese. Right now, this guy. <laughs> no, bear, bear, bear with me. Bear with me. This guy is the WikiLeaks of Gotham. He's huge, <laughs> right? Where do people leak things? I'm thinking maybe 4chan, Reddit. Do people still use Facebook for this crap now? They might use Facebook. I don't know about Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Yeah. And that moves us on to question number five, which has quickly become one of our fan favorite questions. Which quote from this film would be the worst thing for you to hear straight after you've finished having sex? I've gone with the Joker line here. See, I'm a man of simple taste. I like things such as gunpowder, dynamite, and gasoline. I have heard that before. Thanks. Run. Where is this relationship going <laughs> after you hear that? Uh, for me, I've gone with a Joker line as well. It's one that uh, is quick when he's up in the, the penthouse and he's having a chat to this random guy and I would hate to be done in bed and hear this line, you know, you remind me of my father. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No good. <laughs> well played, oh, too. That's great. That's great. Well, for me, if I if I'd just uh, you know done the business and rolled over and I heard, but your honour, I'm not done. I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> or would I? <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Simple. I like it. I don't even want to follow that. But my one would be, you're lying there in the dark, you've just finished your business, she turns to you and looks at you and says, how many of your friends have I killed? <laughs> Jeez, dark. <laughs> yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah. Anywho, that moves us over to question number six, which is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of our wonderful friend, Emily Higgins, who runs the Tasteless Podcast. Podcast in which she takes a film that everybody loves and she compares it to a movie that she likes better but hardly anyone's ever heard of. And what would she like to know this time, Stacey Hurley? She would like to know what film would be the best or worst to watch as a double feature with this film. So I've gone with the pick of Batman vs Superman because it's the best to see just how amazing they can make a Batman movie in The Dark Knight. 
And the worst, just to see how far they plummeted. <laughs> oh, so he true. was giving me dagger eyes. <laughs> Underrated movie, that one. Um, all right, so for me, the best would be watching it with the 1966 Batman movie, but only if you watch The Dark Knight second. So you watch the old one, you watch how silly the characters were, then you see, as you were saying, Endo, how great it can be. Plus, you also get the callback to Cesar Romano's mask as well at the start of the film. So I think it ties in nicely. That is true. That's a very good pick. I am actually going to go with one that Emily Higgins has done on her podcast, which is when she decided to say that The Dark Knight is nowhere near as good as Batman and Robin. To which I say, Emily Higgins, you need to be tossed out of a flipping window, mate. And no Batman's going to be diving after you to catch you. That is the stupidest idea of a doubleheader I could think of. To be fair, I think both of us really like Batman and Robin. Yeah, we do. It's not, you know, a Dark Knight level. You talk about rewatchability. That thing never gets old. Love it. And that's the end of our podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. (laughs) (laughs) Where can they not find you guys? Uh, Yeah, see you. Bye. Okay, I'm going with a similar idea to you guys in going The Dark Knight was a really good Batman film and this film I'm about to mention is just a really bad all-round everything film but it's in a related universe and that is Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) What a nightmare. First of all, you shouldn't be watching Suicide Squad full stop let alone watching it after watching one of the the best depictions of the Joker that we've seen. Oh, you should definitely be watching Suicide Squad if you've got a brain injury because it'll make, you know, the world seem <laughs> a lot more normal. But yeah. Dean, what's your thoughts on Suicide Squad? <laughs> I quite liked it when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too afraid to go back and watch it, though. It basically can do no wrong. Oh, oh dear. wow stacy burn (laughs) all right question seven is how would you incorporate nicholas cage into this movie (laughs) stacy's favorite question what do you got dean (laughs) well when i think nick cage i of course think of him being cast as superman in the 90s film superman lives so i personally would have loved you know just to spice that third act up a bit get rid of the dogs just have superman come down and really join the fray you know what the funniest part was? Is I've got the exact same answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's right. <laughs> I was going to roll with it. It would completely kill all credibility in this movie for Nicolas Cage to appear as he was going to in that film. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, I can't remember the names. The guy that did it, but he interviewed like Kevin Smith and, all the, and Tim Burton. Yeah, no. Yeah. The Death of Superman Lives. Death of Superman, that's the one. And I absolutely would have killed all credibility. I was thinking just like a fan poster, you know, like a, just a poster on a kid's wall and it's just Nicolas Cage's Superman or something like that. Like. <laughs> Like enough for it to be like a little Easter egg, but not nearly enough to actually have him in this film and ruin this as an entire movie. But yeah. <laughs> you went full deep. I just went, you know, just the tip, basically. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, on that note, I'm not going to give a Nick Cage really credit in this movie, but I will allow him to be one of the Joker's crew in the initial bank robbing scene. He can be one of the guys wearing a mask who gets shot in the face or something. <laughs> And then that's it. God. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he'd be one of the crew making the film. <laughs> I don't want him anywhere near this. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> she actually... I want him as the director. <laughs> he can be first boy. That's it. <laughs> Not even best boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for me, I, I would have put him in the Eric Roberts role as Maroney. Like not, it's not a massive role, but one that you, you ha- he'd have his shining moments still with Nick Cage in the role. Plus, Stacey would get to see him uh, thrown off a stairwell and have his legs broken. So there's that at least. Yeah. But, you know, Stacey, you went full tilt and just, you know, he needs to get shot in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, any death will do. That's fine. <laughs> and that moves us down to our last question, which is our last of our Patreon questions, which comes courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast, a podcast which is flippin' awesome, in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine. Well, that's the first half of their podcast. The other half is their true thoughts. And what would he like to know, Dean? He would like to know, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? Uh, Aaron Eckhart sucks. What? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Calm this, down. This isn't even a contrarian opinion. How <laughs> dare you? I just, he's never, like, I thank you for smoking, he's not bad in, but most of his other films he's sort of, like, pretty average. And when I watched it again on this, it was just really average. The most cringe-inducing scene for me is that one where the guy pulls the gun on him in the courtroom, he punches him in the face, and he's like, but I'm not done. Yeah, what a badass. Nah. Nah. Next. I, I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy him. And then I also thought his conversion from white knight to fully evil was a bit too rushed. So yeah, I'm not a fan. But is that Aaron Eckhart's fault? That's true. That is true. It is. Yeah. But still, it's got to be controversial. And that was the best I could come up with. Oh yeah, that is controversial. <laughs> so good pick. Okay. My controversial opinion is that this film was so good. They should have stopped making Batman movies after it. What? I agree. (laughs) With what they've put out, so since then, I agree. This is the pinnacle. Okay. So only mildly. How can you say that? (laughs) I think Dean's had an aneurysm. Bane. Let the games begin. (laughs) (laughs) Why would I kill a man before throwing him out of a plane? (laughs) It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Oh, well, there it is. That's my opinion. Moving on. Well, my controversial opinion is that this isn't even Nolan's best film. And it's not even his second best film. We've done a couple of polls recently about Nolan films. And Dark Knight just gets... Like it's like fifty percent of the votes out. Yeah. yeah, heaps of people just like easily best. I mean, it's number four on the IMDb top two fifty. Yeah. And for me, it's not. It's not even one or two for me. Holy shit! What oh. would you rate ahead of it? Uh, I would rate Inception and Memento. Oh okay. yeah, okay. <laughs> Silence. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. If you're going to say Interstellar, I was going to somehow no. change myself into electrical waves and come out of your microphone and punch you in the face. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I'll just uh, carry on top of that. It's not even his third best film. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like it's not his best. It's not. This isn't even the best Batman film. Well, I was getting to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Batman, Batman Begins is a better film than The Dark Knight. You got problems, man. <laughs> no. This film had problems. Batman Begins does not. I did listen to your guys' recent review of Batman Begins, and mm. I honestly, I was going for a jog, um, and when I got to the point where it was like, Katie Holmes is better than Megan Gyllenhaal, I actually stopped what I was doing and sat down and took some deep breaths, so I was like, I can't listen to this. <laughs> had, had to vomit on the side <laughs> of the yeah, road. I wasn't, wasn't sure if it was the running or podcast. Yeah, yeah, when I heard you say that, Dean, and I thought that was going to be your answer for this one, I, I literally just like white-knuckled it, and I was like, nah, I'm done. <laughs> Controversial round. There you go, Julio. Well done. You've almost killed a podcast halfway through it. Congratulations, man. <laughs> sure, that was probably your plan all along. Some people just want to see the world burn. Anyway, that moves us on to the set of personal questions. And I'm going to start us off with my three personal questions. So, one of the moral debates in this is the Joker puts a bomb on a ship full of prisoners. 
and on a ship full of just regular civilians. Basically says, the only way to save yourselves is to blow up the other ship. And then he leaves it in their hands. What I want to know from you guys is, do you guys reckon that you would vote for the other ship to be blown up? And would you be able to do it yourself? Would you actually be able to flick the switch? I would vote no, not to blow it up. Because you can't believe crazy people. It's true. First of all. It is true. And, you know, I just I just could not be part of causing harm to others. So, no, I definitely couldn't. I wouldn't vote for it, and I definitely could not press the button. Interesting. What about you guys? Fucking oath I would. Jesus, I feel bad giving this answer now. <laughs> I am not sacrificing myself to save a bunch of convicted felons, I'll tell you. I'd press that button, blow them up, and be back in home in time to watch the ending of The Dark Knight. <laughs> Holy, Holy yeah, no, shit! I'm the same. I would, I would have no hesitation, and I, I was thinking about how I would uh, probably justify it. And I reckon I would tell everyone, you know, oh, I've got, the, I've got the fam, I've got the wife and kids, I've, I've got to be there for them. But really, even if they weren't there, I'd still do it. <laughs> I need that. Oh, my thumb slipped. <laughs> Give me that trigger now. <laughs> Quite interesting, though. The way the movie frames it is like it's just a boat full of prisoners but you're also forgetting these like security guards or police officers or you know prison wardens or whatever uh, uh, I, I didn't forget yeah. <laughs> friendly fire they knew what they were signing up for <laughs> that's right <laughs> cool interesting interesting so in the movie the joker gives well two varied events on how he got these scars what i want to know from you guys is how did he get those scars I think that he just got a very intense paper cut. <laughs> what the fuck? What paper was he eating? Went to one of those gourmet burger bo- uh, joints where they had some special craft paper or something they had the burger wrapped up in. Just went, he dove straight in and whoopsie. <laughs> Let's get stupider by the second. Keep, keep talking, man. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Oh. <laughs> paper cut. All right, so have you guys seen the movie Upgrade? Yeah, sure yes. have. Yeah. Yeah, he was a stunt double on that movie, and there's a scene uh, when the main guy gets first understands his powers, and he has a little bit of a fight in a house with a, this said stunt double, and uses a big blade to split his lips open. So better say that stunt went horribly wrong, because that was actually true. And what he did after that was he actually went to the Jackass crew, where they the first stunt they were doing was they were, like you said, Stacey, they were using paper cuts in their webs. <laughs> and sad to say, he was the one that fell victim to the lips. So, rough time for the old Joker there. Ouch, ouch. What do you got, Dean? Well, I was thinking about the Joker, and what do we know about the Joker? He he loves to laugh, so it's fair to say he watches a lot of, uh, you know, comedy TV shows. Maybe maybe he's a big fan of South Park, and maybe in particular he's a big fan of the Canadians on <laughs> South Park. And I feel like he just wanted to emulate their look a bit, and he did it to himself because he just wants to be like uh, Terrence and Philip. Well, Terrence and Philip laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to my final question about the beloved Joker. Now, for a man who's supposedly without any plans, he seems to have a million of them. At one point, it's getting himself captured so that a guy that he's implanted a bomb inside of can blow up so that he can get freed so that some two other people that he's you know kidnapped are going to get blown up as well unless one of them gets rescued and blah, 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 blah. So I want to know from you guys is what do you think his most moronic plan was? He is actually a very um, clever and extremely well-planned-out guy. So I, can't, I couldn't find any of those things moronic in themselves. But what I did kind of... Th- think was moronic is that it seemed as I'm not sure if I interpreted this right but when he's hanging upside down from the cable from the building having a wee chat to Batman near the end of the movie um, it seems that he thinks that Batman will kill him and he's okay with that like he seems like that he's like okay I'm happy to die 
now. <laughs> but that doesn't seem true to his character because he seems like he would know more about the Batman and more and know that Batman wouldn't kill him. Yeah. So that just seems a little bit weird for his character. I feel like it was sort of his ultimate justification of him being right. You know, that he can make anyone break and become insane and like break their rules, basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. So you've just blown my answer out of, of <laughs> that's what you're here for, are you? Yeah. <laughs> what a nice guy. What about you guys? Uh, for me, the one that was iffy was having the whole setup of getting Batman to rescue Dent just in time, to have Rachel die just in time. Like, he doesn't want to kill Batman, at least at this point, yet... Batman just gets there, gets there just in time before the explosions go off. I mean, what if Batman was like 30 seconds later? What if he was stuck in traffic? I mean, what if the cops got there sooner <laughs> to Rachel? It's very, very convenient what happens. And it's, uh, doesn't sound like a really fleshed out plan. It's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. What do you got, Dean? Well, for me, it's not so much as a, as a plan as just something he does. I still don't understand why he needed to burn all of the money. I mean, you could burn <laughs> some of the money, but. He still needs to buy things. Like, the guy's got to eat, yeah? He's got to pay for all that shampoo we were talking about earlier. The green hair dye. All the explosions, the bombs. Like, he throws away, like, oh, you know, the good thing about that is it's cheap. But he's got people who work for him. These people are getting paid somehow. Exactly. Well done, Dean. You picked the thing that I was thinking of when I came up with that question. Congrats, mate. <laughs> that moves it over to Dean for his personal questions. What you got, bud? When Batman goes to Hong Kong to get out Lao, we're told that he's using a CIA program called Skyhook that he just attaches himself to and a plane just comes out of nowhere and woof, he's gone. And I was wondering, when in your life would this program come in handy? Oh, there's a very easy answer to this for me. It's usually when I've got about 12 to 14 beers deep in me and sort of hanging out with a couple of mates and we see a karaoke bar. And I think, now's the most fucking perfect time for me to go do some karaoke. No, I'd love it if a plane flew over here and just junked me out of there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's a good call. And my answer is <laughs> not surprisingly quite similar or related to that situation I would like the Skyhook to turn up and take Sam away when he's got a hangover <laughs> and he's very precious <laughs> oh whingy Sam eh? yes. it's so true so oh, Sam. plucked away and flown to another country and left there I'll tell you what I love to get plucked away and flown to a yacht full of Russian supermodels you'd be regretting your decision there <laughs> no no, no uh, you'll be up like, oh, I've got a hangover I can't. just not today yeah. girls yeah, exactly. apply your own bloody suntan lotion I'm going to bed exactly <laughs> uh, for me I, I couldn't really think of anything like n like in my time now but I certainly could have used it uh, in my youth for all these one night stands I had <laughs> Jesus. Wake Humble up, brag. And waking up in the morning like, what? Where's that beacon? <laughs> Pull me out of here. Oh, shit. Fair enough. <laughs> Good on you, man. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. My next question I want to know is, what Batman villain not in the Nolanverse would you have liked to get the Nolan treatment? Real dark and gritty, realistic version. Oh, hell yes. Like, as you mentioned, it's dark and gritty. It's grounded. You know, they're trying to make this almost seem realistic. That's why I want Condiment King. <laughs> nice. <laughs> For people not familiar with Condiment King, he's a man that has... Uh, are there people not familiar with Condiment King? I don't King? know how they're not familiar with Condiment King, but uh, for the one person out there that isn't familiar with Condiment King that's just come out of a coma, congratulations, well, ba welcome back to society. But uh, yeah, he basically is what you think. He attacks people with sauce and mustard. I would love to see that in the Nolan universe. <laughs> Absolutely. Terrifying. <laughs> 
I would like to see the Nolan treatment applied to the Mad Hatter. Ooh. And I was mm, inspired nice. by a couple of things. I just loved how they took the, the Joker and made him gritty and dark and all of that. And then also Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland, you know, Johnny Depp character. I thought, oh, it'd be really interesting to kind of convert that. Not exactly, of course, but the yeah, idea but make it a of good that character. across into a Batman movie. Yeah, Johnny Depp's been cancelled, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not saying cast him. But, you know, just that really quirky Tim Burton style. Yeah, fair That's enough. That's what made me think of it. Nice. Nice. Well, I've gone with Phantasm. Ooh. Okay. Uh, girlfriend of Bruce Wayne, Andrea Beaumont, who she's, uh, she's basically... A grim reaper for those involved with organized crime in Gotham. And, you know, having a dark movie, as dark it is already, having basically the grim reaper come in and take out these Damn, thugs. that's a good pick. It'd, uh, it'd be intense. Damn, yeah, that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that would fit but really But then I changed easily. my mind and went with our calendar man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. And he's easily, like, up there with Condiment King in terms of, like, some of the worst Batman villains ever, eh? Like, Mr. Predictable, like, oh, I only kill people on fucking public holidays. Oh, well done, mate. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we, we know what's going on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last question here. If Two-Face, for some reason, was not actually called Two-Face, what would he be known as? Well, his real name is Harvey Dent, so I did a little play on that, and I went with Harvey Burnt. <laughs> Oh, awesome. That's so bad, it's good. (laughs) Yes, I've heard that before. You know how I love a good pun. I just just went with the first thing that popped into my head, and that is meat face. (laughs) I don't know why. I mean, I have some idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's a fairly obvious answer for that. Uh, my initial answer was something like yin-yang, but I actually went with the black and white cookie. So I can get Jerry Seinfeld in there to go, look to the cookie, Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And that moves us over to Stacey's questions. Okay, guys. There's heaps of cool quotes and quirky character voices in this movie. So I'd love you guys to recite a line from the movie in the style of that character. Or switch the character and do it in another character's voice. (laughs) Okay, here we go. I'm I'm going to need a lozenge after this one. If tomorrow I tell the press that, like, a gangbanger will get shot or a truckload of soldiers will be blown up, nobody panics. But it's all part of the plan. But when I say that one little mayor will die, well, they're never losing their minds. (laughs) Awesome. Follow that, Dean. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) Then why do you want to kill me? I I don't want to kill you. What would I do without you? Go back to ripping off mob dealers? No, no, no. No, you, you complete me. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Oh, God, I'm trying to fucking summon Michael Caine, but I can't do it. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I can't. (laughs) We've tried and failed. (laughs) He turns to me and says, why so serious? Comes at me with a knife. Why so serious? He sticks the blade in my mouth. Let's put a smile on their face. And <laughs> why so serious? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, well done. I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> I'm not getting hired for voiceovers ever. <laughs> they were all awesome, guys. Thanks so much. That was entertaining. <laughs> rack them up, rack them up, rack them up. Sam, that Michael Caine performance was bloody awful. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> Okay, guys. Uh, 
Question 16. Who from the main cast had the weakest performance? I think I've already answered. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Sam's already answered. Um, this is going to be an interesting one because I remember on our Batman Begins podcast, we I had a little argument with Dean that uh, Katie Holmes wasn't that good and uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal was better coming into the movie. But she's still the worst performance out of the main cast in this movie. I don't, I don't like her performance in this. I think she does not stand out compared to everyone else. And quite frankly, frankly, was happy when she got blown up. Whoa. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm also with you. Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, terrible. Should have brought back Katie Holmes. Apparently, I was, I was reading today. She actually declined it. It wasn't that Nolan said, "Nah, we're, we're, you yeah, know, thanks, but no thanks, Katie." She was like, "Nah, I don't, I don't want this anymore." Holy shit! So, yeah, terrible. Terrible. Holy fuck. Oh, well, that's, that's a good piece of trivia. Um, yeah, I mean, my answer is obvious as Aaron Deacart. Yeah. Nice. Okay. That takes me to my final question. The Joker claims to have been told to smile a lot, regardless of whether he was happy when he was young. Hence his permanent smile. But what's one common thing, social etiquette thing that you were told to do all your life or as a young child? No, I don't know. Don't release in a crowded public. <laughs> Hold it in to you by yourself. Good advice. <laughs> Something that's not so much uh, social etiquette, but it's just more of a pet peeve for me, is when people get the direction wrong of where they're talking about. Like, for example, we live uh, just south of Melbourne. And when people I talk to, they're saying they're going to go and, you know, have a night out in the city. And they say, oh, we're going down to Melbourne. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not going down. You're going up to Melbourne. Knock it off. <laughs> it pisses me off so much. I don't know why. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. I went in the vein of what the Joker does. And it's basically whenever anyone asks, you know, hey, how you going? I always say I'm good. And it's really like I walk away and I'm like, I'm not good. I'm having a fucking terrible day. I don't need you. I, but I don't want to talk to you about it. The problem is you can't even say to someone, hey, mate, how you going? And they go, oh, not good. And they say, oh, cool. See ya. <laughs> like, whenever anyone says not good, you know that they want to ask, oh, how come? Yeah, what's, yeah. what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I hate That's that. That's basically Dean saying he doesn't enjoy social conversation. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, good. All right, bye. Yeah, away. <laughs> like, even when someone looks at you and they're like, hey, what's wrong? Like, even if nothing's wrong with you, you know, and that's that's been one of my big things growing up is, like, occasionally have, like, a bitchy resting face. So the number of people that come up and are like, oh, what are you upset about? Or why are you so angry? I was like, well, it wasn't until you fucking came along. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, oh, how long do you want to record this podcast for in terms of things that I've been told my entire life no, that I should one. stop doing in public? Just like, <laughs> stop playing with it, it's going to fall off. That's fucking turned out to be a lie. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, there's been a million, that'll do. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Good answers. And that moves over to Dan for his set of three questions to finish us off. All right, question 18. The Joker gives Gamble Slugs tryouts to join his gang. If all of us were to participate in these tryouts, who would be the victor? <laughs> oh, this is so funny. So I've, I, I've said, Sam, if his fighting skills are anything like his trivia skills, <laughs> he would destroy us all. <laughs> but I, I kind of feel like I have to take that back now and uh, maybe give it to my, my good self. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I was going to pick myself as well, but hearing how ruthless you guys are about blowing up ship full of prisoners, I'm like, <laughs> like, I like to think I'm pretty ruthless as well. But nah, you guys are next level. Actually, nah, I there's nothing more scarier than a fiery redhead, and I know that firsthand. So I'm definitely going to go with Stacey. That chick would slit a dude's throat, man. Oh shit, she's here. Fuck. <laughs> well, I think the victor would be Sam. Yeah, the Joker likes a smart ass. 
And that is something Sam is extremely good at. I wouldn't even last like a quarter of the highest. You know those guys get their heads blown off at the start? They would have, one of them would have been me. Yeah, would have either. No, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, everyone, for choosing me. <laughs> oh, are you still here? Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like that. <laughs> All right, question 19. Would you rather die a hero or live long enough to become a villain? And why? I'd say die a hero because I think that all the villains, they either die anyway or end up in prison. So may as well be remembered fondly. Yeah, I'm the same, man. Like the heroes get to die sort of a somewhat noble death. Like I'd I'd rather go out as a hero as opposed to getting shanked in a bloody prison cell somewhere. Or <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. It's not for me. I'd, yeah, I'd rather die a hero. I don't know what heroic act I'd die doing. Probably... <laughs> crossing the road and pushing a kid out of the way from being run over while I yeah, run for KFC or something. But yeah. <laughs> An accidental hero. Yeah, that'd be me. <laughs> yeah, I'd definitely like to die a hero. But my angle was a little bit different. I was thinking, if you didn't die a hero, did you really put everything on the line for what you believe in or what you were fighting for? Yeah, no, you just did it right. Yeah, you're just really good at your job. <laughs> <laughs> you're a superhero. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you were really good until you decided to go bad. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. Question 20. Which movie butler, servant, minion, you know, that kind of person, would be best to replace Alfred and serve the Dark Knight? I just think Bruce Wayne and Batman is a bit too serious, and we need something to bounce off his straight man. So I think how great would it be to put in Mrs. Doubtfire in the Batcave? (laughs) She'd be making his meals, you know, doing some sweeping, dancing around with a vacuum. It doesn't matter. She's having a good time. Batman's having a good time. Everyone's a winner. Bruce, hello! <laughs> I was literally just about to do that. <laughs> That's a goddamn perfect answer. And whereas my one's just a little bit boring, I went like for like. You know, Alfred has some sort of military background, a little bit of a medical background as well. He's English. And so I was thinking Dr. John Watson, Sherlock Holmes's minion. Let's call him a minion because he is a minion. But, you know, he's, he's basically got a medical background. He's, you know, been in the army. He's handy in a fight. Yeah, it just makes sense. Okay, so I am going with Q from the Bond franchise because he comes up with the Ooh. cool, clever weapons and tech and I think that Batman could do with a bit more of that and who gives a shit about the cleaning? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is rolling over in her grave. <laughs> Did Mrs. Doubtfire die? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I won't go into it, but... <laughs> I see where you went. <laughs> Cool, thanks guys, and that takes us down to the very end of our podcast. Thank you to these two for coming on and joining us as we did one of... It's a film that I've been putting off because I absolutely fucking love this film, and I was it's very happy to have you guys on to do it with, though. Like, been great guests. Thank you so much. No, it's been fantastic. It's always good to come on the show and do uh, two movies now that I absolutely adore. I, I, I don't know what I'd do if we come in and I'm doing a movie that I give like a 3,000 or something like that. <laughs> and Dean, well done on your debut, man. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been so much fun i've uh had an absolute ball and uh yeah can't wait to do dark knight rises am i right stacy more batman <laughs> oh, i don't know maybe i'm busy that day <laughs> <laughs> so anyway guys why don't you tell all of our lovely listeners about your show where we can find you maybe even a recent episode that me and stacy were on all that sort of stuff yeah you can find us on twitter at imdb journey you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash imdb journey We've got a patron too, patron.com slash IMDB journey. We've pretty much snagged up every IMDB journey out there. So just, you can want to Google us, you'll find us there too. Uh, yeah, we had a recent episode where Sam and Stacey came on for our pod V pod 19 and we, we did, we did, uh, we did pretty good. We did pretty good there. <laughs> yeah, compared to our competition, at least. <laughs> 
Oh, but that fantasy draft, though, I couldn't believe we got 112% of the vote. That's, like, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some sort of glitch there. Oh, thank God for Russian Twitter bots. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Stacey, where can listeners find us if they want to get in contact with us and all that fun stuff? On any podcast players at Movie Reviews In. We are on Twitter at Movie Reviews In. Yep, right? at Movie Reviews In. Yes, well done. You'd be good at it this point now. But yeah. That's the main two things. At the time of hearing this, we will be furiously prepping for our 100th episode, which we've actually recorded and used two questions from these guys in. It was a hell of a good time. That will be up on our Patreon probably about three weeks after this. So if you guys want to listen to that five or six episodes before it actually releases to the public, then you guys are more than welcome for a whole $1. And we are also going to be on uh, live stream for the cure we are going to be doing at 8 30 a.m on saturday the 18th of may in that's in new zealand time which will be 4 30 p.m est over in america so yeah we'll be on there us two with the epic film guys asking 10 questions that you can apply to any movie at all so no particular film going to be sort of like which other, which film would beat up every other film and take its lunch money shit like that just general bullshit but uh thanks again to you guys and yeah that's thanks for me thanks see ya Bye. Bye. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. And we're the hosts of the Epic Film Guys podcast. With the live stream for The Cure coming May 17th, we want to know, what's what's your your story? story? The live stream for The Cure is a charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for a future free of all forms of cancer. It's also a celebration of those we've loved, those we've lost, and those who continue to fight. This event is so much bigger than just our little show. It's about all of us and how we've been affected by cancer. Throughout the 40-hour live stream for The Cure, we'll be sharing your photos and stories so we can honor who we're fighting for. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com slash what's your story and learn how you can share your story with us. Together, we can make a difference.